Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, Emergency Preparedness Planning for Persons with Disabilities. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on August 24, 2022. In this podcast, June Isaacson Kales, a disability policy consultant at the World Institute on Disability, discusses strengthening emergency planning and response roles for health plans serving people with disabilities. I'm going to cover today why health plans can be a critical resource before, during, and after disasters and emergencies, the important role of case managers and care coordinators in planning response and recovery with members, the importance of key partners, particularly community subject matter experts, and attention to meaningful measures in terms of looking at effectiveness and impact that we have with members. So my content integrates information from a uh, 2021 report that takes an in-depth look at health plan emergency member-focused practices. And uh, you can just find this report if you type in the title in uh, any search engine. And this slide represents some of the uh, the pre-planning funders and the main funder of the investigation, which was the Craig uh, Nielsen Foundation. So in that report, you'll find lots of actionable pathways for applying and accelerating and embedding and sustaining of customizable processes and policies and training and exercises and community partnerships. So today, we're going to take a brief look at health plans emergency roles with members, the why, the detail of the roles, the partners, and the measures. We're going to ask you to listen today using your lens as health plan care coordinators and managers, particularly your roles. Think about what you might want to start or stop or change or continue. Why, why this focus? Because people with disabilities and others with access and functional needs are at high risk and are disproportionately impacted by large disasters. Often they're impacted first and they're impacted worst. And in the U.S., this group are two to four times more likely to die or sustain a critical injury during a disaster than people without disabilities. So these roles to strengthen planning have a direct impact on helping members live through and survive emergencies and protect their health, their safety, and their independence. So embedding emergency practices can result in better health and resiliency and health cost savings and decreased use of ambulances, emergency department visits, 
hospital admissions and readmissions, institutionalization, and new or worsening or cascading health and behavioral health conditions. So through Pedro, let's look at these roles. Pedro is an example of a variety of diverse individual emergency needs. He's a survivor of a mass shooting five years ago, resulting in his quadriplegia. After hearing about a recent 10-day power outage in another state, he called his case manager to express his fears and ask for some help. He said, if there's a power outage, how would I survive? You know, I, I depend on power equipment to maintain my independence, to go to college, and hopefully to eventually get a job as a teacher. I'm a wheelchair user. I use a breathing machine. I use a lift to get in and out of bed and to get in and out of my apartment. I need to use an elevator and a remote front door opener and a remote gate opener. I get 40 hours a week of personal assistance for help with my bathing, dressing, transferring, meal prep, and cleaning. I have no emergency plan or backup power plan. Please help me create something, something that's realistic. Let's look at three of the many critical member emergency plans I discussed in the roadmap I mentioned earlier. We'll look at helpers, we'll look at evacuation, and we'll look at power needs. The overarching lesson here is revise any vague questions you might be using in helping members plan. Get rid of the fuzzy questions. Start to really examine the questions you use. Do they lead to specific, detailed, and real plans? So the standard advice we all hear is get a kit, make a plan, be informed. It's clear and it's simple, but it's not good enough for the payrolls of the world. People living with disability is all about attention to the details, the complexities, the nitty-gritty aspects linked to diverse functional needs, yet breathing, hearing, seeing, moving, speaking, understanding, or remembering. So regarding helpers, the reality is often immediately before or after disasters, people, we are on our own. So it's important to map our helpers, to map our mutual aid, and the map our responders. It's not enough to ask Pedro this week question. Do you have help or contacts, family, friends, for support and care as needed? The stronger question is, do you have, or can I help you develop a helper list? And this will be a list of people who agree to check in with you are close enough to quickly get to you, Pedro, in minutes. It's not one buddy. 
because one buddy will never be there when you need them. It's better to have no less than three people on the list. So regarding evacuation, revise the vague question like, can you exit or evacuate your home? Instead, use the stronger scripted questions such as, can you exit your home with or without help using each, each and every exit? Which exits need power? Well, for example, your garage or using your elevator. Can you leave the area without help? Can you roll or walk to a vehicle? Can you transfer to a vehicle from your mobility device? Do you have or can you use a backup mobility device that can break down or quickly be lifted into a vehicle? You have quick access to dependable transportation. And if this, let's make a list. Regarding alternative power plans, do you have a backup? Do you have a backup plan? That's really too vague a question. Help people make a list of the critical life-supporting and life-sustaining equipment, not the ones that they can buy with get by for a week or so without power, but the ones that they must have backup power, and then. What will that backup power look like? Are the generators, battery backup power stations, or maybe neighbors who have solar power and solar batteries? And then the question needs to be, can you operate the backup power equipment with or without assistance? Why did I mention use of scripts? Because Use some thoughtfully constructed questions, scripts, stop fuzzy planning by incorporating and improving focus on critical and realistic details like we just mentioned and compensating for gaps in experience, variable skills, and unreliable memories of the person helping the member. Briefly, here are six additional roles uh, detailed in, in, in the roadmap. Um, life, besides an injury, helping with an individual plan, life safety checks are key in uh, addressing and filling identified needs before, during, and after emergencies, particularly when there's no warning or short warning events. So our systems in place to quickly identify members needing to be priority assistance. Is there a system in place that assesses the risk factors and develops and refines a triage process based on profile sorts and flag questions? Now your plans have different terms for this. Some of you call it triage or stratification or predictive modeling whatever is it in place. So also uh, another key role is once safety checks are performed or you're hearing from members, give a way to provide and pay for home delivery of food, water supplies, and medication. And also 
debris removal. We never think about this, but clearing critical paths, ramps, sidewalks, curb cuts can be vital for someone's ability to maintain their independence. And this is not an area that most local governments cover in their immediate debris removal contracts. Another role, preventing and diverting unnecessary and inappropriate institutionalization, uh, which unfortunately and all too commonly happens to people with disabilities during and after emergencies. So if it happens, also assisting people in transitioning back to their uh, community living uh, environments. Next, building online literacy skills and telehealth readiness for long-term resilience. This means not only offering telehealth, but providing the help with obtaining, using, and paying for devices and connectivity fees for these devices. Next is navigating the disaster recovery assistance maze. This is massively under-recognized as a lengthy case management process involving advocacy and negotiating complex service systems that often don't accommodate people with disabilities and related uh, needs like accessible communication, housing, and transportation. Developing specific emergency member communication. Now, I mean, a lot of you are going to say no. You know, a lot of you would think, this is not in my lane. But you actually do have a role in evaluating content beyond that. Have a kit, make a plan, get informed. Who develops, revises, and updates your health plan emergency member communication content? And is a content developed and revised for relevancy and clarity, understandability, and usefulness involved with target member groups? The content um, is the content evaluated that's used in the outbound calls or call center uh, emergency scripts. Our accessibility standards consistently applied for all member, for all the social media and website content used by members. And do you do it on the analytics in terms of meaningful measures? Do you look at the number of hits, links of views, downloads, and retweets from what is posted? Import, the, the importance of emergency content that gets posted is often overlooked by health plan. And so here I also do just some of the content that is helpful to post because people don't often think about using their health plan in emergencies, the 24-hour nurse hotline, how to reach their, their care manager, and many other of the items that are actually listed here. The overarching, an overarching role is, and this is critical, partnering with government 
and community organizations to coordinate, enforce, multiply your support roles, your reach, and your effectiveness in all of the roles I've already mentioned. And this includes contracting with subject matter experts. Contracting, for example, with disability-led and disability-focused organizations can help with this time-intensive work. These folks are often best at applying skill sets used in delivery of services rooted in reaching, understanding, and using the details, the diversity, the nuances, the complexity, and the cultural and linguistic aspects of living with a disability. And lastly, applying meaningful measures. Really be thoughtful about what you're doing and evaluate, evaluate the effectiveness. Evaluate the effectiveness of the scripts used. Evaluate the impact regarding the increase in number of people who actually have a helper list or a grab and go bag or power plant power backup plans, evacuation plans and transportation plans that are real. Not based in magical thinking, but real. And also that have online literacy skills. And also, we often don't think of this, but integration of worker emergency competencies. For example, are they represented in employee training, in job descriptions, and in performance evaluations? So in summary, you know, the big change starts with small steps. I think the jargon, unfortunately, says it quite well. Grab that low-hanging fruit. Just to really sum it up here, you know, it, this is about embedding concrete change. It's about really attending to the details of, of planning with people. And it's about multiplying your reach through contracting and partnering with, with community organizations. And then thinking about, is this working? What are the impacts? What are the outcomes? And what are the meaningful measures? So I always like to say, you know, the goal is not lessons learned first. It's a term that I often cringe when I hear. The goal is not just lessons observed, documented, or heard about, but lessons repeatedly applied so that eventually, not in the beginning, but eventually we claim them as lessons learned. So, that's, those are the key issues. I remind you to you know, think again about what what are you posting on your on your website that are helping members think about their plan ahead of time, how they can use their plan, what if they have to go out and network in emergencies. Lots of 
questions that that people have in the middle of emergencies of plants can be really, really uh, very helpful with. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. You can also find resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.